Welcome to the Spotlight, day 15 of National Podcast Post Month. I am your host, Ben Beck, and we are officially at the halfway mark of this uh, this quest that we've been on of 30 episodes in 30 days, 30 plus episodes in 30 days. There's going to be a couple bonus episodes at the end, but this one, this one's really cool. Save this one for the halfway mark. Uh, over the years, I've run into both of these gentlemen, and I've had the great pleasure of becoming friends with both of them. Uh, I talk to both of these gentlemen outside of the podcast, outside of conventions, you know, through texting and, and such. Occasionally, we 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 just chat, and I love it. Um, Drew Powell and Robin Lord Taylor from the television show Gotham. Drew and Robin are both incredible guys. I've moderated for them. I've spoken to them. Again, like I mentioned, I've become friends with them. Uh They've both been on the podcast multiple times, and they both plan to be on the podcast again in the future going forward, hopefully in season seven, which will be coming, you know, at the beginning of 2021, if not into December of this year. So um, this is the first time I had both of them on. First time I had Drew on, first time I had Robin on. Uh, So this is the introduction to what became a friendship with both of these guys. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is, the Spotlight Rewind with Robin Lord Taylor and Drew Powell, both from Gotham. Enjoy. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Network. I am Ben Beck, joined by my co-host, Adam Gorey. And our guest this time around is someone I know we've been trying to get on for a little while, but uh, he's always just been very busy. But you know what? Rightfully so. Uh, You've seen him in movies like Accepted, one of my personal guilty pleasure films. Uh, and shows like The Walking Dead, but now you'd know him as the iconic Oswald Cobblepot on Fox's Gotham. Please welcome the wonderful Robin Lord Taylor to the program. What's up? Oh my gosh, you make me blush. I love this shout out to Accepted, man. Yes. It, it's, it's funny yes. too. I had the opportunity, I've, I've actually met you in passing a couple times. I do a lot of work with um with fan fest now at heroes and villains and such and i know you oh yes fantastic yeah i know I you travel that. with that them and fantastic. and we've become buddies with uh with one of your buddies drew powell from you know through oh, fan fest and such uh but i met you one of the first times i ever met you was at great philadelphia comic-con in oaks pa which is where we're around in philadelphia and you, gotcha. you, one, you couldn't have been a nicer guy, but two, when I brought up accepted the first reaction, you just gave me like this huge high five. <laughs> yes. I can't help it. I like, well, cause it's so funny. It's like, it's amazing how, you know, you know, just how, you know, as time goes on, how things change and how your perception of experience change, you know, like accepted was my first big gig. You know, I, I was New York based and they flew me out to LA and I'm in this movie with all these amazing people. And then the movie comes out in the death of summer for a week and it's never heard from again (laughs) until it hits cable. And it becomes one of those movies that I grew up on. Like I think of like those Patrick Dempsey, like, um, you know, like, you know, like lover boy, lover boy from like that played like every 10 minutes when on cable, when I was a kid, (laughs) it became one of those. And so now when I go to go to things like FanFest and like, you know, I'm just even out on the street, like I get people like you coming up and being like, being like, yeah, yeah, Oswald Cobblepot, but really I came here for Abernathy's <laughs> <and> Dublin. <laughs> 
of course, my <laughs> character on accepted it. It's just like, yes, it feels so gratifying, you know, that that movie actually, like, still, you know, is reaching people and kind of became a cult thing. And then also to see the other actors in that in that movie, like, just go on for things you wouldn't even believe, you know, like, just an amazing thing to be a part of. So, yes, accepted. High five. All right. <laughs> What's well, funny I'm- is uh, my March Madness pool, we had to come up with a name. And I wanted to come up with like a college name, so I named my uh, my T or my bracket S H I T for South Harmon yes, Institute of Technology. South Harmon Institute of Technology. <laughs> yes, indeed, shit heads around. All right. But yeah, I mean, you <laughs> mentioned the awesome. you mentioned the cast of that movie and everything they've gone on to, and a lot of people who haven't seen that movie. I mean, first off, I highly recommend it. It's there's so many quotable lines in it that my friends and I quote all the time, but. I mean, you have like yes. you've like Justin Long, Blake Lively. You have Jonah Hill, who's now Oscar nominated. I think Oscar winning, if I if I'm not mistaken. Jonah Hill, who um, he's I I nomin- I don't know. I I honestly I have no idea. But like, but yeah, no. I mean, what an amazing. And I have to say, like with all of those kids, like we. I remember, like again, like I had never done like a movie like that before. You know, something where they actually like they sent me out a week early to rehearse, and I was like rehearsal for a movie what the hell you know and so but, but yeah we were we were on the lot and and steve pink who was the director who's an amazing guy he he like had everybody sort of like you know improvise around their characters and i have to say the shit that like jonah hill and justin long were coming up with in the room i had never met either of them before i mean i sort of peripherally knew of justin from i think he was doing the mac pc commercials at the time but then i was just like lying there like Jonah Hill and both of them together, what they were coming up with, like tears running down my face, and it's like, it's like I was like, I was like, these people are fucking superstars. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was amazing to be in that same room with them at that time, and then now all these years later to just see all the amazing shit they've done. It's just, just brilliant. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Made I'm for some, really some that. Gotta, made for uh, some great sound drops. <laughs> A couple oh, that yeah, we've for used. Sure. <laughs> And uh, Jonah, oh, yes. twice <laughs> twice nominated for an Oscar, did not win, unfortunately, either one. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, let, let's let's talk a little bit about the reason the reason you're here with us uh, is to talk Gotham. And, and but Ben and I are both big fans. Um, had had a pretty decent pretty decent break there for a while. So we we're like my wife and I were anxiously awaiting the end of April to come. So it's finally back. Yeah. <laughs> and well, thank uh, you for sticking it out. It's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> through uh, through uh, through the past few seasons, I mean, we've seen a lot of characters go through uh, a fair amount of changes. I mean, the Riddler, for example, um, in in big. I would say he's probably the biggest between season one and now. But I would say Oswald the Penguin has kind of stayed true i mean there's been some subtle things here and there but i mean he's he's pretty much stayed true to who he's been since day one i mean what's it kind of been like to to really get into his personality and get to know it it's been it's been it's been incredible and like the other thing too is that like i've never worked on one character for this long i mean you know i've never had this experience before and it's amazing the things that like the writers have thought of that, you know, are continually surprising to me today. And then at the same time, things that, you know, the writers have, like, you know, just random choices I've made in certain scenes, you know, right, the writers picking up on that and then 
bringing like that aspect into the show like full force. It's like it's this amazing like back and forth collaboration, you know, between the writers and myself. Not directly. It's not like I'm calling them and pitching them with certain ideas or anything. I wouldn't dream mm-hmm. of it. But at the same time, it's like they're picking, like they're picking up on my voice and and I'm picking up on theirs. And together we we've created this. This is this character that if you're an actor, it's just it's gold. It's like it's like you know, it's like Wagyu beef. It's like like I'm trying to think of shit you can just really sink your teeth into, and this is it. You know, it's like the the dream. I mean, you know, it's been I've I've really enjoyed you know the the peaks and valleys that they've written into the show for my character. Um, and you know, like I I think often about you know in season two when Oswald was brainwashed by Hugo Strange uh, and and he sort of received the, the, you know, the clockwork orange treatment, if you will, you know, like basically (laughs) like, you know, brainwashed and tortured to the point where all of that negative impulse, that violent impulse is, is erased, you know, horrifically painfully, but it's not there anymore. So then in that opportunity, I was given the chance, to show who Oswald is underneath all of that shit that has piled up around him over all of these years, all of that, like, defense mechanisms that he had to keep himself safe. I mean, you know, like, this is someone who's been bullied his entire life, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of it. And so he's developed, like, you know, like, the reason he, you know, is violent and he lashes out is because, yes, he's afraid of dying. He's afraid of someone, like, hurting him. But then to have this opportunity to show who he would have been had the world treated him with love and tenderness the way all of us deserve to be treated, I just, I just like, yeah, again, it's an actor's dream. I get to show, you know, what's that, that beautiful person that's underneath all of that shit, that beautiful person that's inside of everybody, you know? Like, that's, that's, that's the good stuff. That's, like, what I, you know, feel like I was born to play, and I feel so lucky to have gotten that opportunity on the show. <clears throat> Yeah, I know, um, you know, when you think of the Penguin, there's a, a number of other actors that you think of, and I, I, I include you in the top three now. I mean, you think, obviously, uh, Burgess oh, Meredith, man. you know, Burgess Meredith, who played it back in the 60s. You have Danny DeVito, who played it yes. uh, in in the late 80s. And I think the, the last time I remember hearing a panel of one of yours at FanFest, I think you had um there was a there was a, a possibility of you meeting danny have has that hap- has that come to fruition yet have you had the chance to meet him yet <laughs> it's not today <laughs> oh god i so today i'm at I'm, i've been doing press today for the show and i was bobbing <laughs> around different you know outlets all over new york city and i go and i sit down you know with this lovely guy who i've talked to you know over the years like several times out and about and he was like he was like i well, you know, I got I got your predecessor coming in at four o'clock, and I was like, "Fuck!" I mean, if I'm leaving a building, Danny DeVito is entering. I mean, that has been the story of like our like you know. I feel like it's just like it's like he's just right outside of my reach every single time. Like, you know, he's best friends with Carol Kane, who played my mom. You know, she would tell me you know that she talked to him, and he would tell her things about the show and about the character and all this amazing shit, and I'm just like, ah, I like, it's, like, it's going to happen, I know it will. It could have happened today, but it didn't. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't wait, i got to tell you. I feel bad, too, because I've actually met Danny. I did a couple episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I got to meet him on set, and he is the sweetest guy. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> He's, I've heard just, I've just heard the most lovely, wonderful things, and also I have to say, like, 
you know, someone who is, Carol Kane is one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with ever. And, you know, she's also like an, an incredibly good judge of character. And he, you know, and they being friends for, you know, since Taxi, I mean, just goes to show that he must be one of the, you know, most genuine people in the business. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I just really, really love that guy. Someday. Yeah. Have you heard? Someday. Have you heard through the uh, through the grapevine? You know what he thinks of your take on the character. Well, you know, you, like you're gonna make me cry because like he, <laughs> so he said, and this is like this. I think this was season one. He was asked on the red carpet somewhere. I think some premiere or something. You know that saying that question. You know, have you seen Gotham? Are you aware of what of the new Penguin? And he like gave me like a, the most loving you know, encouraging shout out you could ever ask for. And that's just like, oh man. I mean, that's, that was like, you know, up until that point, like that was really kind of what I was missing. Like, I just wanted to know from him that he approved of it because, you know, I grew up, you know, again, I've said this a million times, but I've grew, grown up <laughs> watching Batman Returns, you know, as, you know, for a very, very long time. And also not just Batman Returns, but just watching Danny and all of the millions of things that he's done. And, you know, then to know that I, you know, to know that I have his, you know, his respect or, or just at least like he, he appreciates what we're doing. You know, it's not like we're passing the torch. He will always be the penguin. He'll always be the penguin I grew up watching, you know. And so, you know, it's not like he's passing something off to me. It's like we're, we're carrying it together. And that's just so fucking awesome. I can't even believe it. You told me I could swear. So I'm just really. Oh, yeah. Pissed. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're loving it. <laughs> Um, I love it, but but you know, with with uh, you know, as much as you love Danny as the Penguin and stuff, did you feel when you knew you were taking on this role, did you feel any added pressure to you know living up to uh, anything that he had portrayed before, or even what the fans had thought w- was going to be coming? <clears throat> of course, I mean, I yeah, it was really terrifying. You know, again, my my first my first pilot that I booked, I mean, to have it be something that people you know have such intense devotion to the, all of these characters. You know, it wasn't just me who felt this pressure. Everyone in our cast felt it, you know. We just wanted to do right by DC and by the people who are predecessors who came before as these characters, you know. It's this added pressure you don't really have, like, if you're like, you're like, oh, I booked a pilot. It's called, like, Miami Hospital. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you're on a show like that, you know, no one, there, you don't have that. Of course there's pressure, but it's not that you know, that intense fandom pressure that that we, you know, experienced on our show or that any of the superhero shows experienced. But, you know, at the same time, like, I was so glad to know that I didn't have to recreate, you know, exactly what Danny did. Like, because no one could do that. No one could do what he did with that, that uh, version of the Penguin. Like, it's just impossible. So once I knew that, you know that it was, you know, that it was going to be a, a different take on the character, you know, not just, like, age-wise, but also, you know, just, just you know, story-wise. You know, I, I was, it took a lot of the pressure off. And so, so that was, that was grateful. And then, but of course, it, it didn't really go away until I heard that Danny had said that on the red carpet. And then I was just like, okay, I can take a breath. You know, That's awesome. It's going to be all right. Yeah. With, uh, with all the characters that were brought into Gotham, even from the beginning in season one, did you have any idea that, you know, Oswald would become as big of a fan favorite out of all of them as he has been? Not at all. I had I had absolutely no idea. And like you know, it 
it's, I'm, I mean, I'm also like, I think a lot of it too, though, is that like, you know, I was, I was introduced, you know, full force, smack dab, right in the pilot. It was like, and here's the penguin and everything you need to know about him, basically. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. other characters have had, you know, much slower burns. Like, I think one of the most gratifying things right now in these episodes that are about to air is that you see the work that Corey Michael Smith has been doing over the last three years, and it's now, like, culminating into this amazing characterization of the Riddler. Um, he had that very slow burn, whereas I was just, like, launched out of the cannon from the get-go. So I think a lot of that, too, is just, like, familiarity, you know, in, a way, in that way that, you know, like, since I, you know, since I was, like, you know, full force since, since the pilot, I think people just, you know, you know, they, they respond to my character because I've, you know, just, you know, been in the shit the longest, you know. So I think that's a lot of it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really gratifying because, again, like, I have a lot of people at FanFest and at other conventions and even on the street or in the subway or whatever come up and say, you know, say, like, you know, I never really thought of the Penguin as much as the Batman villain until now you know and then and it's just like oh i'm so glad to like you know bring it to a new generation a generation that wasn't raised on batman terms the way i was you know what i mean so so that's been incredibly incredibly satisfying yeah i'm kind of curious what um i mean he's uh, through the past three years he's been down he's been up he's been down he's kind of you know this roller coaster ride what do you want to see them you know where do you want to see him go from here personally well, you know i think um it's it's interesting because it's like the thing that I respond to and really try to bring to the character is that, you know, that shred of humanity and sympathy, you know, um, but at the same time, like, as we go forward, you know, the penguin has to become the person that jeopardizes not just the life of Bruce Wayne, Batman in the future, he, je- he gets to the point where he's going to jeopardize the lives of all of Gotham. You know, mm-hmm. our show is about what happens when love is stripped away. Like, that, I think, is, like, the core message of our show. And it's, He's had and that happen Gotham a few times. City <laughs> is a, yes, exactly. I know. You have parents dying in my arms. You know, just what happens with the Riddler. You know, multiple things, you know, examples of that has happened to, to Oswald and also to everyone else in our show. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going forward, it's like, you know, as much as I love that, you know, that sense of sympathy, like, I think, you know, nothing, you know, gradually, of course, but, like, ideally, I want the show to, when the show ends, may it be long, for, like, you know, a long time from now, I would like Oswald to be, I would like all of that, you, you know, maybe you see it for, like, a second, that that good person inside of him, but I want it to be cold and calculating. I want him to be the most evil motherfucker you can imagine. Someone who doesn't deserve your sympathy. Someone who doesn't, no matter all of the shit that he went to, I wanted to be at the point where he's so bad that you don't care if he dies because he deserves to. Because he, because let's face it, he does. He's, an, he's a horrific murderer and it's only going to get worse from here on out. So that's something that I would like to see mostly because it's true to the story. It's true to the essence of who the penguin is, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, well, I know we got to wrap up a little bit. I had one more question for you, at least. Um, and I'm sure you've gotten asked this a lot, but what, what DC character have we not seen on the show that you would kind of like them to, to bring in at some point? I mean, you know, <laughs> I think... I don't know how it would work, but, you know, it's... 
our show, we can do whatever the hell we want. So let's bring it. Like, I just really, I love Harley Quinn. I'd love to see that yes. happen. <laughs> I don't know if, we, if it could be introduced, you know, via whomever her parents are or if it's someone who inspires her, much in the same way we've done with the Joker and the cult of the Joker and the cult mm-hmm. of Jerome. But, um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I would just, I, I love that character. But I have to say, too, that in season one, we introduced a lot of core villains. And I think it would be incredibly satisfying to circle back to some of those kids. Like, I personally, like, one of, one of my favorite villains that we brought on the show was only in one episode, and it was the story of Scarecrow. And, you know, how this kid is, like, you know, being tortured, basically, by his father. I mean, and, like, I thought that that, that was just fascinating and like you know but we only touched on it for a second it's like i want to bring those people back i want to see what they're up to you know i that that's really where my my interest is right now yeah yeah that'd be awesome uh robin i had one more f- question for you too before we we started to wrap things up and i i saw this online and you know how things are online you don't always know whether or not they're true so i figured we got you on i'll go right to the source I heard a rumor when it yeah. comes when it comes to your signature walk for the penguin that in order to nail that you stuck a tack in your shoe. <laughs> Is this true? Okay, you're pretty close. You're pretty close. Yes, I'll tell you the whole story. Okay, so we this was way in the beginning of season one, and you know it was right when we like sort of came back um, from between. There was a little bit of a hiatus between shooting the pilot and shooting the second episode, and so. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it fully wasn't in my body quite yet. But, you know, it was there. Anyway, so we shoot the scene where Oswald comes back from, from, the, from the outskirts and comes back into Gotham City, and he's like, I'm home. And then he, you know, walks off and all of that, or hobbles off, as it were. <laughs> um, anyway, I completely, I, we shot the whole thing. It was in Chinatown. It was in the, the shit-ass of summer. Like, you know, extras everywhere, hot as balls. There's a bus that has to move, you know, and again, this is in Chinatown with the streets still open to traffic. So it's just one big clusterfuck. And so the, so we shoot the scene and I'm like, you know, get off the bus and I look around and I'm like, I'm home. And then I turn around and walk off and I was like, nailed it. And then I get back, <laughs> I get back to where my chair is and I sit down and I was like, and they've already moved on. They were like, okay, we got it. And we moved on. And then I was like, oh my God. I completely forgot the wimp. I completely <laughs> forgot to do it. I felt like such a toe. I was like, what am I doing? I am the least professional person. I went to the director. I went to, you know, everyone. I was like, I forgot the wimp. I forgot the wimp. I'm so sorry. Uh, and they were like, they were like, it's okay. They were like, we found a cut that we can use to cut around it. Don't worry, it's fine. But anyway, I was like, I still felt like shit. And then my lovely wardrobe assistant, Kyle, She's sitting there, and she says to me, she, she, you know, cut her teeth on Broadway, and she was like, well, why don't we just use that old Stella Adler trick? Why don't you put, you know, something in your shoe? So, yeah, we took the Poland Spring cap off of my bottle and just taped <laughs> it to the bottom of my right shoe. And that was there for a good year and a half, and then now I've, I've downgraded to two quarters. Okay. <laughs> Just know that there is always every frame you're seeing my feet in. There is fifty cents under my right heel. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Well, that's a that's a lot better and a lot safer and less painful than attack. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, the lip itself is 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 no walk in the park either. So yeah, it's yeah, definitely two quarters. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great story. To go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
Uh, well, obviously, Gotham is back. It's been back for a couple episodes, and you guys are in the home stretch now. You're getting, I think, down, including tonight, to the final five for the season. So, yeah, you guys are in the home stretch. It's always always interesting when you get close to that season finale. So we want to encourage all of our listeners to check out Gotham if they don't already, but we, we think most of them do. Uh, Mondays, 8 o'clock on Please Fox. Do. Thank you so much. And we, yes. yeah, and we want to encourage people to follow you on social media as well, uh, at Robin Lord Taylor, both on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, uh, Robin, we look forward to, uh, meeting you in person again at, you know, one of the next fan fests that we're at. Yes. Please come say hello. I, we need to make this happen. Yes. So, like I said, I met you before, but you, you had no idea who I was. So it's fine. I got to tell you, I have like complete. I, knew, I could have met, you know, the the ghost of Princess Diana, and I have no <laughs> idea what the hell happened. I get those things. It's, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but we're so glad that we finally got you on, and hopefully, you know, Gotham continues on for more seasons, and we'll have you back on again. Thank you so much, guys. Anytime. It was a blast talking to you both. Nice. Uh, all right, guys, be sure to check out our website as well, nextlevelradioonline.com. Follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio, and we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcast. It is time we move on to our interview for the week. Now, I know I said uh, last week that there was a chance we wouldn't have anybody this week. However, this gentleman was awesome enough to come on and spend some time with us. Uh, he's guest starred in a ton of different shows. He's had some reoccurring roles on shows such as Ponderosa, The Mentalist. He's even been in some great films like 1401, uh, 1408 and the 2011 remake of the movie Straw Dogs. But now you can see him every week on the hit Fox show Gotham. Please welcome Mr. Drew Powell. Drew, how you doing? Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. No problem. Glad to have you on. Um uh, are you calling from L.A. right now? Are you calling from East Coast, West Coast? That's right. I'm calling from L.A. Uh, uh, you should show New York, but I'm still based out of L.A. So uh, uh, I know the United Flight Attendants by name uh, <laughs> after the season. <laughs> 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 My frequent flyer miles have been uh, uh, right, shot right through the roof. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sitting here sweating uh, as usual here in Southern California. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a long flight New York to L.A. It sure is. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I, I catch up on a lot of uh, movies and, and TV shows that way. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, a, so that, we, we we just I just flew back from Florida last week, and that's like two hours. And at that point, I'm I'm ready to get off. I can't imagine what's it like <laughs> five or six hours. I know, man. I know. And 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 I used to do the uh, I used to com- connect because I you know I like to fly out of the smaller airport Burbank, but. But truthfully, I discovered that it's better just to bite the bullet, get on a plane, do what you got to do for six, <laughs> four hours, five hours, and, and then get off and, and not have to mess around in the middle. So, so I've got it down to a science now. But it's, it's worth it for this show, man. And, and, and look, let's be honest. If you're, if you're, if you're doing a show called Gotham, you got to shoot in New York. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. How many times during the course of the season do you make that trip? You know, I did, uh, I think something like 14 or 15 out of the 22 episodes. So it, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, but um, you know, look when when I worked on the Mentalist, I did uh, several episodes of the Mentalist. I was part of the Red John uh, uh, storyline, and um, uh, you know that's where I kind of met and fell in love with Bruno Heller. I mean, the guy is uh, you know from from all you know Gotham and Mentalist, but not, but also like Rome, and the, the dude is just as smart as they come, and and uh, 
just a lot of uh, really great to work for. And and you know when when we were talking about Gotham and when when uh, I was lucky enough to kind of to land this role, you know, he told me you know, he said, look, Butch is a character that's uh, you know gonna if you were gonna underestimate this character till it's too late. And uh, you know he's a, he's gonna be a slow burn character, but hang in there and. and uh, you know, I think yeah, you'll be real pleased with how this character pays off. And he's absolutely right. It's been uh, so much fun to play this guy. Uh, and, and, and especially, uh, leading up to the season finale, which is next Monday, it's, uh, it's gonna be, it, you know, it's my favorite episode of the season. It's, it's definitely a big payoff for my character. And, and, uh, it's been fun to kind of follow that arc. Um, so, you know, make, makes those plane rides, you know, go by real quick when you're loving your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, Gotham definitely isn't like a standard, it's it's definitely not your standard Batman show. It's definitely different. You know, it's right. it's it's the history of all these characters, the side of these characters you've never really heard of before. Um, Growing growing up, and even now in childhood, especially now that we know you're making all these plane flights, um, were, were you a fan of the Batman comics, or, or even any other comics for that matter? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was more a fan of, of like, the, watching cartoons and stuff. I, I didn't necessarily have many comics myself, like actual comic books. Um, but, you know, I certainly, you know, I remember watching the Campy TV show, which was, you know, wonderful for a, you know, a, a seven-year-old kid to watch Batman and Robin walking around with a big bomb. With a big, <laughs> huge, like, <laughs> oh, I, I, oh no, I, I can't throw it there. There's a bunch of nuns. Oh, I can't throw it there. There's a bunch of kids playing in the you know. That, which feels like a totally different animal, by the way, to everything that's come <laughs> since then with the Batman saga. But, uh, but then, of course, I was uh, of the era of, you know, Michael Keaton, you know, just that first Tim Burton Batman and, and the movies, and then kind of, so that was what, what my connection to Batman really, uh, although, I mean, come on, you know, as a kid, uh, uh, growing up in rural Indiana, uh, all the superheroes were, at one point or another, we all played those superheroes so you know yeah. being in the batman world is it's been so much fun um and i think you're right it is it's a unique look at the batman world and what i've told people is here's the thing superheroes are too big for television i mean think about it i mean are you gonna have like the batman scene? even if it was like hbo or showtime it, it's it's too small it can't contain the, the the breadth of what it what it is to, to be a superhero in my in my opinion uh, you know, maybe it'll, maybe somebody will figure out how to get done. But what they're, what's, in my, my humble opinion, is so good about Gotham is, it takes on the world around that superhero. And, and Batman is the perfect one for that, because, you know, Batman's still a man. Yeah. Um, you know, even though Gotham is a unique world, he's, you know, he doesn't have x-ray vision, and he, you know, he doesn't, he can't leave tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, he just not need a gadget to do that. So, so, um, so, to me, this is a great way to access it, you know, because it can, it's, you know, I've always been fascinated with the idea of Gotham City, right? You know, you, I mean, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's something mysterious and cool about that. And so, to dive into that world, there's so many times this season where I've been like, oh, man, this feels like Gotham. Like, <laughs> like I want to appear, I want to appear in Brooklyn, and I'm in front of this, you know, my beautiful old 78 Lincoln Continental, you know, and there's, you know, these girls are fighting in front of me in a warehouse, and it's like, what? this feels so much like a comic book. And, and, you know, you don't get too many opportunities for that kind of fun, and, and, and even in, in this great profession, of, uh, you know, that, that I'm in. Uh, so I've really enjoyed every second of it uh, yeah. this, this year. 
it's funny too when you mentioned the old uh Adam West and Burt Ward Batman uh television shows. Y- you mentioned one particular scene um with the bomb over his head, you know, where 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 he goes to one side of the dock and there's the ducks and then there's boy scouts and it it just it makes me laugh because there's one the one line in that scene is some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And <laughs> and we quote that all the time at my at my day job and I just I absolutely love it. <laughs> so it, and it's true. It's true on so many levels. I think that's from the movie, isn't it? The movie that they did. Yeah, that's yeah, that's from the uh, Batman the movie. Yeah, yeah it, some things you can't. You just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I love that. I, I may, I may have to start using that too. I might have to steal that. <laughs> if you, if them. if you can somehow find a way to work it into Gotham, yeah, we'll we'll know. <laughs> we'll know that we'll we'll somehow have made an impression on you when you got it done. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be my mission for season two. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and obviously with the show, I mean, there's there's uh, the main characters from the comics that everybody knows, but like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, Fish, your character was created just for this show, Gotham. Um, when you found that out, were you excited uh, about that part of it that you kind of got to, you know, put a new character into this classic? You know, comic book, or were you disappointed that you didn't get to play one of the classic characters? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's mostly excited. I mean, look, as I said to uh, somebody else today, I mean, there is a part part of me that's, uh, you know, if you're the Penguin or the Riddler, there's a certain amount of job security. Even though Bruno says nobody's safe, I mean, you, you got to believe that if he kills the Penguin, there's going to be uh, rioting in the streets among Batman fans. So, so there is some, some definite job security, which every actor covets. However, I mean, mostly it's great because you do get to, you know, I get to create this guy. And so, God willing, and I'm knocking on as much wood as I can find here, uh, if, this, if Butch gets to stick around for a while and leaves an impression, that's something that I got to help create with Bruno and the writers and Danny Cannon and, and the, all the guys that make the show work. And, and that is, you know, you don't get to do that very often uh, either. And, and, and it's been really fun to work with Jada. You know, she and I have... Uh, great chemistry on screen and off. We just uh, enjoy being being around each other, which is funny because you know you couldn't get two more opposite people uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, um, it's been fun for us to kind of create our own world because so much of the first half of the season was the two of us, you know, in that bar right. doing crazy stuff and <laughs> plotting schemes and and me going off to do our dirty work and uh, um, and that's been a lot of fun. So you know, it's been fun to and it's been really gratifying that the fans have embraced it because I know it can be tough. Um, you know, bringing in a new character when you're so used to the old ones. But um, I think people have been really gracious in, in letting us kind of into the world, if you will. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you're a little old to play Bruce Wayne, so I mean, you kind of... <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. I, I know, exactly. Uh, I'll take what I can get, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you look back at your career. You've done a lot of guest roles in your career. Um, but it seems like you had a little bit of luck in the beginning of your career and that one of your very first roles was actually a reoccurring role, and that was on Malcolm in the Middle. You did, I think, like 11 episodes of, of yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. I mean, and a lot, of peop- yeah. a lot of people, when they're just getting started, they get those guest roles, and that's pretty much all they get for a while. But you were pretty lucky to get that, like a reoccurring role for a while in one of your first roles. That's right. I was. And that, that's the show that got me my SAG card. Uh, that's, that was my first real gig. Um, and uh, the story of how I got that is, is kind of funny. It was uh, one of my early auditions. I've had a few auditions. And maybe I might have done a commercial before that. But, but I actually think, no, I think this was the first one because this is what got me in the union. So, so I, uh, the, the role was I was tough kid at number two, and I was supposed to uh, 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 
say, Commandant on the floor, 10 huts. I'm looking down the hall, and then I, I salute uh, as the Commandant comes through. And um, all, you know, all Linwood Boomer, the creator, and all the, the, the director, Todd Holland, and all the writers were there. It's, you know, tiny room. There's like, felt like there was 100 people in there. And so, you know, I'm a little nervous, and, and I get ready, and I, I, I'm ready to go. And I, I look down the hallway, and I say, Commandant on the floor, 10 hut, and I salute. But as I salute, I hit myself in the eye <laughs> really hard. <laughs> and I go, ah! And I luckily stopped myself before I swore, but it was, they, there was a dude that was sitting, because there were so many people in there, he was sitting on the arm of the couch, and he fell off the couch, because he was laughing so hard. They they absolutely just pissed themselves laughing, and I'm convinced that's why I got that job, because I poked myself in the eye. So, you know, all all that training, all that work, all that that strike, really, was just a a dumb luck, but, uh, but yeah, that was a awesome way to start my career and then i was lucky enough because i i did that which was basically a season and a half and then went right into um you know my first leading role as Haas cartwright in remake of bonanza so i mean i, I got lucky off the bat for sure and yes took me to australia i was playing a cowboy in australia in the you know mountains of australia and i met my wife on that show i mean it was uh, you know all in all i can say i've, I've lived a very charmed uh, life in that regard so uh yeah it was a fun way to start yeah, um, I know another credit that when I was looking through your uh, your list of credits, and another thing that you did, and it took me a second because I didn't realize that was you until I, and then I looked at you know some more pictures and I absolutely it, it clicked that I remembered it. You were part of the revival of the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway. Um, I mean, I, I was a huge fan, you know, I'm 35, so I was a fan of, of Pee Wee Herman growing up and, you know, I, I remember it. Yeah, I remember it originally from the show Out of the Groundlings that he did on HBO before it even became a TV series and, um, oh, wow. yeah. and, and things like that. So I've been a fan for a long time. So I was very, very excited when I found out there was a revival that he was bringing it back and especially to Broadway. Um, I'm wondering what it was like to work with somebody like as legendary as I, I call him a legend just because that character has been around forever and everybody knows that character. Um, but you played the character of Bear and you also did the voice of Mr. Window. Um, it, what was it like working with a legendary, what was it like working with a legendary character like Pee Wee Herman and, and Paul? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the best word for it is surreal. Cause <laughs> there are a lot of moments I'm like, is, is this really <laughs> happening? I mean, not, not only because of the, you know, the, as you say, the legendary, uh, character, but also it's, it's just so bizarre. I mean, it's yeah. a bizarre world, you know, uh, you know, like you said, I was, and, 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 and yeah. I was a mute dancing bear <laughs> for 90, 95% of the show. And then at the end, I take my head off, which was always my favorite part of the show because, you know, inevitably, it's, it's, we're towards the end of the show and people are, and, and then I come dancing out and, uh, and I take my head off and the gas that would go through the audience, you know, uh, were, were always my favorite part. Um, but it was great. I did the, I said, the voice of Mr. Window. I did Randy. I did the flowers. Like it was, yeah, you know, that was a blast. But, but it was also, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was an experience like none other. Like I'll never, I'll never be able to replicate that experience. It was my Broadway debut. It was my, you know, my, my first time living in New York. And, and, and every night I would go put on a bear suit and look at Pee Wee Herman through the big freaking nose, which is what I need to look out of. <laughs> I mean, what the heck, man? Who does that? And the other thing was, the people that came to see that show, because it was, I, I don't know if you remember, but it was, you know, the hottest show going. We only did it for a three-month run, so if you wanted to see it, you had to go quick. I mean, we did it for a month and a half or two in in, in L.A., but um, 
you know, the people that you would say, Prince came to a show, and Paul Simon, and wow. Don Lasseter, and yeah, yeah, even Sondheim, it was, the, the place was named after him, for crying out loud. One night, we, David Bowie and Iman came, and we're in the dressing room afterwards, and, and we're staring at them the way that their little kids are staring at us. <laughs> it was just kind of bizarre experience. So, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I'm glad I did it. It was, uh, it was a trip. No doubt. Yeah, I could. I, I think even during the Hollow, the um, the HBO special that it aired, I think like you could see like Kevin Klein in the audience and yeah, you right. know some yeah, other people. Danny Rad- Daniel Radcliffe was there that night. Oh, really? Okay. He, yeah, yeah. He came back afterwards, and we had a great conversation. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, yeah, it was it was really fun. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to a buddy of mine, Joe Manganiello, who you probably know from like True Blood yeah. and, and the Magic Mike and stuff like that. And he's doing, he, right now he's shooting uh, Pee-wee's movie. Oh, okay. He's doing the Netflix he, one, he, right? He's doing the, the Netflix movie. And uh, it was funny because I, you know, there's not many people that can identify with the experience of working with Pee-wee Herman. And uh, we were able to actually, you know, swap stories. and like, oh, really? What's it, what's it like for you? <laughs> you know, he, he said, and it's really true. He's like, it's like I'm somehow reliving my childhood 20 years later. Yeah. Um, 30 years later. Yeah. And it's true. It's definitely true. Yeah. It's definitely not a conversation a lot of people can have. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, Pete Herman's quite a uh, different mood than Gotham is. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you see from, your, <laughs> from your background, you, you, you know, not only can you do drama, you can also do some comedy. And, and I noticed, uh, you also do a web series. Uh, called Man Jam, which is like a little uh, short web series that you do. Tell us a little bit about that, because yeah. I actually was able to check uh, some of it out. It's really funny. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. That's, that's uh, you know, look, in this business, you, you do jobs for money, and you do jobs for fun, and this was pure fun. You know, my uh, when I did the Ponderosa, my, the guy that played my brother was this guy, Matt Carmody, and, and he's... Um, he 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 uh, and another uh, guy named Boyd Fico, who's a great writer, one of Soul Kale's top writers, and uh, came up with this idea. And really, it was born out of literally us. We had a, a bunch of friends that would play in a band. We, my buddy has a man cave. He lives kind of down in like close to South Central LA, and we go down there and we play all night. And uh, you know, it was like these these you know thirty forty something guys getting together and playing. And it's like at some point, someone said, "There's a show in this," and and so Matt wrote it and. And uh, it's really funny. It's about the first season is about six episodes, three four minute episodes each, and uh, it was so much fun to do. We just had a blast, and we're we're, we're writing some new ones now for another season. But uh, you can check it out at manjamaseries dot com, and it's it's really worth 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 watching. It was uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, <laughs> because, especially because it was so close to real life. <laughs> I, <laughs> all, I watched... the, all the guys that are in the show are in the band, so it was like we had these weird moments. We're like, wait, is this? Did that happen in the series or in real life? Because it all seemed to blend together. <laughs> and I think a lot of guys, you guys could probably identify with it on a certain level. You know, it's, it's what happens when guys, you know, once guys stop, you know, going to clubs every night and, and start trying to find other ways to you know, have fun. And, and uh, uh, there's a particular scene where the, the drummer, uh, Vincent, uh, his, girl, his baby mama, as he calls it, comes in and throws a dirty diaper at him. <laughs> <laughs> she's played by Matt, Matt's wife Sandra, who's, who's really Jamaican. She's like, oh, Vincent, uh, your, your baby cracked the knot again. He's sitting behind the, the drums, um, and uh, it's like, yeah, that's that's the life of a middle-aged man. Right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm living that life right now. I have a four and a half month. There you go. So. Attaboy. Attaboy. I know all, I know all too well. Really. 
<laughs> no, yeah, and I mean, I watched all six, and it only took me like a half hour. So I mean, that's it's an easy watch, and it's it's definitely hilarious. And I mean, do you enjoy doing comedy more than drama, or about the same, or is you know, I mean, obviously, if you're doing comedy just for fun, I would feel like it's something that you probably enjoy the most. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a tough question. I really thought when I came to town that that would be my bread and butter, it would be comedy. You know, big, loud guy that, you know, likes to have fun and smile a lot. That was That's what I thought would be my thing. And I've gotten to do some great comedy stuff. But especially lately, I've done a lot of drama. And, and I've been asked this question before, and I think it's a very valid question. It's hard to come up with an answer. Um, there are ways in which comedy is satisfying. You get you get a reaction. You know, people think that something's funny and it's happy. You know, I, I, I with Gotham, uh, it's satisfying in a totally different way. Right. You know, um, it, it, and I still get you know my aunts calling up and saying, "Well, when are you going to play a nice guy? <laughs> you really don't like these mean guys." You know, and I'm like, "I know, I know. It's okay. You don't have to watch." But uh, but uh, but I've, I've grown to love that as well. You know, I've grown to in Gotham is, is, is you know one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. So there's a real love for that particular, and and that's a step above. I mean, that's a totally different. It's almost its own category. You know, right. the whole comic book world slash you know smart TV you know uh, show. But but there's uh, there's definitely pluses and minuses to both. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and I know we're going to let you get going in a couple minutes here, but one more thing I just wanted to, to mention while we had you. Um, I heard you're a record holder since birth. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it still stands, but uh, as, the, uh, as the folklore tells us, when I was born in, uh, in, in Noblesville, Indiana, uh, that I was, uh, yeah, I set the record. I was like 11 pounds. Uh, when I was born in like 20, 23, 20, 24 inches. And yeah, they, they called me baby whale. Uh, so, uh, was that a, a C-section or a natural? Yeah, that, I, I don't know that there's a woman in the world that could give birth to a natural baby. There probably is somewhere. But God bless her. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, gonna say God either bless way, her. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I, I give my mom love as much as I can because that's, that's a heck of a way to come to the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can almost relate. I, I didn't set any records, but I was 10 pounds, 2 ounces. And to my knowledge, I, go, think, I think I was natural. I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that's impressive, man. Yeah. I mean, especially now that I know what that really means. You know, oh, you, yeah. you see the things in health class, but when, when you're in the moment and you're seeing what's going down, you know, the idea <laughs> of, you know, my little boy was like 8 pounds. So I'm trying to, like, in my head, imagine, an you know. An extra three pounds extra coming out. Three, three and a half pounds coming out, and I'm like, holy mackerel. That's, yeah, that's another yeah. half a baby at that point. <laughs> that's right. I know. I know. You'd be pretty happy with that as a turkey. On Thanksgiving. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, and, and you're born in, born in central Indiana, that means, uh, you know, the first thing they said was, well, is he going to play basketball or football? You know, that's, cause that's all that anybody cared about. But that's the best thing about being an actor is I get to do it all. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a blessing. Well, um, we're going to get ready to let you go. However, uh, we just want to tell everybody, obviously remind everybody, the finale of Gotham airs uh, this coming Monday, May 4th, 8 o'clock on Fox. Uh, so definitely we want everybody to check it out. And if they're not watching, they should be watching at this point and should just spend the weekend catching up on the show just because it's that good of a show. So, Excellent. Uh, I, couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more, boys. <laughs> and, and, and the finale is awesome. 
it's awesome. I'm biased, but trust me, it's awesome. It's action packed. It's so fun. Yeah, we're looking. We're, de- we're definitely looking forward to. It. I mean, you work with you work with an incredible cast too. I mean, you got Ben McKenzie and and Robin Lord Taylor and Donald Logue. Yeah, I mean, there's such a yeah. great cast in this show. Incredible. You know, incredible. And everybody is genuinely they're, they're genuinely good people. Like you know, we get together, we we uh, raise a glass, and everybody just you know, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a decent kind good group of people and I think anybody in any job that's that's all you could really hope for yeah absolutely uh, we're going to send people your way to follow you on Twitter as well which you're uh, you're at the Drew Powell um, you also yeah, mentioned not, not any Drew Powell the Drew, the Drew Powell that's right the, the only Drew Powell you should be following is the Drew Powell on Twitter um, check out your Man Jam uh, manjamtheseries.com which you had mentioned earlier uh, so we want to send people there as well. And, of course, uh, to watch Gotham. Drew, thanks a lot. This has been a great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, man. Look forward to the next time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. We are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll have more of the showcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> 